Hello and welcome to the Psychic Stories podcast, encouraging conversations about mental health. Today I'm speaking to Chloe Metzger. Chloe is a blogger and writer focusing on topics such as mental health, chronic illness and a plethora of book reviews. Chloe, how are you doing? Hello, how are you? Very well. How are you getting on today? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm hope, I was hoping the sunshine would come back, but it, it's disappeared again. So. It has, but it's there. I feel it, it. Is there it's there somewhere. It's, it's there somewhere. It just needs to uh, erupt. That'd be nice. <laughs> very like, quickly. Just, immediately. Just very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Chloe, um, uh, so today our goal is to have an open and honest conversation about your mental health journey, get some insight into the tools and tips that helped you along your way. And we hope that by describing your journey, um, we hope to share and normalise these conversations about mental health so that people don't feel alone, which I hopefully is good with you. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's why I'm doing it really. I've always said that if, if things I've been through can help someone else, then they're not for nothing. That is terrible English. Um, <laughs> I'm better at writing words than but I am. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you, your point has got across. Like, it's important <laughs> to have these conversations and these conversations that don't need to be perfect. Like, yeah. Like, but we need to have these conversations so that people can say, oh, do you know what? That affected me. And I'd like to get in contact with the person who, 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 who was on the podcast so we can actually, you know, speak a little more, perhaps. Yeah, that would be amazing. Like, I, I do it to help people and I've been doing it to help people since I was at university and that's more years than I'd like to admit now. Yeah. I am not a new grad anymore and no, that's uh, sunk in recently. <laughs> I feel middle-aged. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet but I'm, oh, starting to get to the... <laughs> I'm starting to get to the point where all my friends are like buying houses and having yeah. children and getting married and I'm just like oh um grown-ups great okay yeah, yeah. I, I i suddenly got to that, that that recently thinking i'm making really adult decisions and I, i've realized that now as a relatively new father i'm also making dad jokes and i didn't realize i was it's not good oh my god <laughs> anyway chloe uh, please 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 talk to us about your mental health journey we'd love to hear yeah so um a lot of mine initially stemmed from school. Um, I didn't have a particularly good time with it. Um, I was quite anxious anyway. Um, I found it quite difficult with big groups of kids. Um, I, that's something I've been exploring myself more as an adult. Um, but I, I was picked on quite a lot by the other kids. Most years, you know, my mum would be in the school um, fighting my corner when kids were picking on me and, and not a lot was done if I'm honest yeah. um even by the time I was 11 it got quite bad and quite physical so this was, was very young oh very young this was primary yeah. school this was the really? one yeah this was wow. I think the the I was picked on a lot in school but I know kids can be mean mm. um but I just was quite sensitive to it um and then when I was around 11 uh, one one kid just really had it in for me and you know I was I had to go to the hospital two or three times because he tried to um, punch me or hit me. That's awful. Um, So, I mean, when we start, when I started secondary school, they were quite good initially and they made sure we weren't going to be together and we weren't going to be in the same classes. They had separate sides to the year. Mm. So he was put on one side, I was put on the other. And uh, so I thought, okay, yeah, secondary school, you know, 11 year old, it's very big. There's a lot of big kids. Um, I was quite nervous. I was there in my everything had the uniform everything had the logo on it i was a right dork uh, because i was the first one to go in my family to secondary school for like out of all the grandchildren out of all the children um and it got better for a little bit but then i found the same patterns i was picked on a lot there were a lot of fights my school just wasn't really interested and i found myself just going into i'd say around i struggled with anxiety for a long time and even when i was 11 there were signs of a kind of depression but like maybe a child version that makes it sound really silly but a kind of the depression you see in a child as opposed to what we deem as depression in an adult and, but then and when that, I was that naturally as emerging as a consequence of your experiences at school or was that something yes. that you think was already there I, I think it was directly as a result of bullying and yeah. um, that was it was really hard you know I was this really outgoing kid a performer you know singing dancing acting that was my life yeah. and I still did that but there was something that was shifting and then yeah but I'd say by the time I was about 14 things were quite rough at school I struggled anyway with the, the format of school and all the mm. kids and mm. It's very that. overwhelming, let's be honest. Yeah, and I, I, I just think now I can see as an adult that that kind of I know we have kids have to go to school. I know all of that, but it just mm. didn't. 
I wasn't made for that kind of environment it made me very stressed I mean the bonus was that I met my now future husband at school and we got together at school so I can't say I completely wish I hadn't gone of course um but yeah it got quite bad around 14 15 and I just started there's bits of my memory that I don't properly have Mm. because I just it was like I was shutting down to protect myself I was having regular panic attacks being sick I would get excruciating stomach pains like I'd have to be off school for a week two weeks doctors couldn't work out what was wrong now I'm an adult and have that knowledge research into mental health and young people because I found it really interesting when I got older Mm. I know that that was nine times I'm 99% positive that was linked to my mental health because I was so depressed and you know my my family my mum was again fighting for me she was going in and saying she you need to help her she can't you can't do this and and moving schools I we didn't do that just because it just wasn't an option at the time so I just I didn't really get my attendance was terrible (laughs) um because I was just ill all the time um but I mean my meeting my partner probably saved me I went to some very dark places as a teenager um you know I I didn't want to be on the planet you know I I've spoken about this before and my family are aware you know I think especially when you're a teenager as well your hormones are giving you a battering (laughs) and you know you don't feel understood what teenager does feel understood let's be honest that's without any mental health problems so I saw someone at school once a week because basically I I had some problems with my knees and I was in the the learning center because I couldn't climb the stairs and I just sat there and I went I, and this was like learning support for people with educational needs and stuff. They were lovely. Um, and I I just sat there and I can't do it. And I said, what? I said, I can't come back in September. I said, I can't do this again. My partner was a year above me and all of my friends were a year above me. They were all leaving. Mm, and it was my yeah. final year. And I just went, I can't do a year here on my own. And they ended up getting someone to talk to me uh, weekly. And she was lovely and that did really help. My teachers still weren't great with it. I had one or two that were, but even in my final year, my mum took me to the doctors, I remember this. And what I now know were panic attacks. I didn't at the time. I just said, I just keep not being able to breathe. And the nurse was like, you're really stressed. I think you should take some time off school. You know, for a nurse to say to a 16 year old, I think you should take some time off school. They they clearly knew that I was not doing great. Mm. Um, Should I have been referred to a specialist service? Probably. I, I believe so. I believe they should have, you know, in their professional opinion, I think I could have had better help. Um, but yeah, so final year, I I went as much as I could. My mum was really supportive. You know, my, my the rest of my family were really supportive. But I think because my mum was at home with me, she could tell. Um, but she, yeah, it was, I just taught myself. A lot of the time there was a lot of oh we don't know if you're you know you'll do very well in your GCSEs because you're not here and you know and I was like well no that's not how I work like, that's one of my things is like someone tells me I can't do something do I'm it. even more determined to do yeah. it yeah. so I went in did my GCSEs I remember I burst into tears in the middle of my maths GCSE because I was such a wreck like I was not you know exams aren't my friend <laughs> the added pressure is not my friend um I did it I passed that got into college college was much better um and that's I think where I started getting some of my confidence back yeah and they also had a counselor there so you could I spoke to my tutor and I was like look I he could tell something was off and I just having a bit of a rough time and, and the panic attacks were still happening but I didn't know that's what they were and um he said there's a counseling service would you would you like to go and talk to someone I was like well I'll give it a go you know I don't I don't know you know because it is scary you know you don't know is it is everything you say going to be told to your teachers and you know or are they going to think you can't do your course because you know that and and there is a huge stigma especially when you're a teenager you know the the one thing I was terrified of is because on tv and in films and stuff you know this is why I love books so much because there's been such an outpouring of books about mental health in the last I'd say 10 years but before that you'd see people being taken into psychiatric wards and psychiatric yeah. units so that became one of my biggest fears I was like everyone's gonna think I'm mental yeah. you know everyone's gonna start throwing these words at me like insane and, and all that so I don't want to make a big thing of it yeah 
but yeah seeing her helped and I got some confidence back I had some really great teachers again there were hiccups where you know my mental health wasn't great and I didn't really go that much but like there was this understanding I think and I I always had the backing of my partner as well that was like you know you can do this you can do it and, and with that, that confidence doesn't it it does because I I trusted his I mean I do trust his opinion still wouldn't be marrying him otherwise um but you know it was it was nice and he'd see me at my absolute lowest at that point and it was you know between him and my family this idea of university came up and at first I was like no I, I don't I can't go to uni no one in my family had been no one I knew had been and I was like oh it's so expensive three thousand pound a year ha 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 I end up paying nine thousand a year ha 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 yeah. um <laughs> thank you coalition government amazing I was so happy about it I'm not bitter about it at all um this idea of uni came up and one of my biggest fears I think was that I'd fall apart mm. I was like I'm so scared of going not only it was this idea of am I good enough so I talk about like the mind goblin that kind of takes over my brain and fills it with horrible things um you know I, I mean I was trying I'd found ways to help me myself which which was obviously having that counselor, knowing I could talk to someone. Um, music was a huge part of my life as, mm. as a musician. And, you know, I, my iPod from the age of, you know, 14 was permanently glued to my hand. Yeah. You know, I'd hide it in science lessons, I remember, under my hair so I could listen to music rather than paying attention because I couldn't focus anyway. And, and what was it? Because it's interesting, because like I, I certainly remember growing up as well, that music played an enormous part of my life. But we kind of, I don't know, like now when when I think about, OK, how, if I'm feeling a bit, you know, if I'm feeling low, how am I going to boost myself up? Music isn't always the first thing that I think of, which perhaps it should be because it's, it, yeah. it, it's very available. Like, So yeah. what what did music do for you that really helped that? I think for me, I mean, I was very much in the quite amusing to people who know me now. I was very much in the emo rock. Likewise. Stuff yes and i still am I'm, i, I know, mean i am too i'm a 35 year old emo i'll be honest as <laughs> i'm a 26 year old emo, <laughs> don't worry about it. but like just without the eyeliner um because i realized that was not a good idea i did try it when... i did try it i loved it I, do you know I what loved it. i still liked it <laughs> honestly i i'd go out and people would say matt what, what have you done to your face and i'm like i'm not i'm not going to tell you but something special <laughs> <laughs> i love i just i feel like that whole movement spoke to so many people who yeah. were struggling yeah. there was you could, i mean for me one of the big ones was my chemical romance yeah 100%. I, I remember going out and buying the black parade yeah i remember buying the cd and just having this album on repeat and just it was um famous last words mm -hmm. and i think the lyrics were i am not afraid to keep on living yeah, yeah, i am yeah. not afraid to walk this world alone and i used to have that on repeat at night before I went to sleep yeah. to kind of get me. And I had a lot of problems at night as well where I just couldn't sleep because mm. I was so anxious. And that iPod was my saving grace. I mean, now obviously it's all on my phone, mm. but you know, it was the best thing for me. And then I wrote my own songs and mm. I was performing with the band and all of that was, you know, part of getting me through. And if but, I was in a but also boost your confidence, right? Like I mean, I I I, I was also in a band, an amateur yeah. band. But my yeah, word, yeah. It, mm. it like you know, for for for, for me, for, for like yourselves who like at some points had you know had very low confidence, getting out on stage, yeah. wow, that's a way to boost it. But also, it's a way to challenge your confidence because it yeah. can be drastically wrong. I I mean, I've been performing since I was about seven in oh, various wow. things. So I've been doing bits and pieces since I was seven, but with the band, I I, was, I literally wrote my feelings out, mm. my angsty teenage feelings, and some of the lyrics now make me cringe beyond belief. That's what emo's about. Yeah, right? <laughs> Do you think Gerard Way ever just sits and thinks, oh my goodness? <laughs> I bet he does, to be honest. Like, Well, well the thing is, I, I, the, the, the thing that I find, I, I, I'm a drummer, and... Right. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the bands I listen to, the drummers, due to their own mental health, are no longer with us. Oh, and it's, it's something that it's... I've really realised, especially with the, the, the emo scene as well, that there are a lot of people there who, who they were very, very famous. They spoke yeah. a lot about their feelings. Yeah. But 
it, it, yeah it's they still hugely struggled and i can't imagine the lifestyle of the drugs really helped things no i i mean the the music lifestyle is um, unhealthy it's it's not the healthiest yeah. i will admit uh, my partner's in the sound and sound industry yeah. um and it's it's an interesting one you it's hear fun stories though, it? it's fun i love i love that he's a touring sound engineer because yeah. i get to go and visit i get to go and see all these shows for free oh. it's great but it just, I mean, that's a, a, my, my, and I'll, I'll get on to, I mean, why I don't perform much anymore, but music's always been a go-to for me since, you know, my whole life. I, you know, it, the joke that I was singing for, I could talk, is probably true. Mm. Um, <laughs> Something yes, really resonated with you. Yeah. So I was doing that and, and, you know, and I've always been, I've always found myself a little bit on the edge, especially with people my own age. I felt I really struggled with it a lot growing up. So when I was at college and they were like, go to uni, I said, like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I was like, mm, maybe I can. And it really pushed the boundaries. And I'll never forget one of my English teachers. I didn't want to do music at uh, uni. I didn't want to. I was like, I, I don't want it to stop being something I love. Yeah, yeah. I want it to be something where I'm free and it's my way to express myself. So I did English and uh i i was very very strict on places i applied to they had to be within a certain uh number of miles from home mm. so that i knew if i needed that support network i could just come back get the train i didn't want to be really far away because i i was very worried about how i'd react to it mm. um so i mean kingston i went to kingston yeah. university in london and they were fantastic with I got in touch once I'd had an offer. I said, look, this is my situation. At this point, I didn't have a diagnosis. I was just really, really anxious and stressed. And and I was like, I'm finding it really difficult. I don't really know much about universities. I'm first generation. And they had a whole program, which I ended up helping with later on um, for people who were like first gen or minorities or had health conditions. And I went and stayed there for three days before the start. I met with an advisor who um, spoke to me about what I'd need to get help and get the disabled students uh, support. My doctor at that point, I kind of went in and I remember she just looked at me and went, you've had enough, haven't you? And I went, yeah, I was like, I really want to do this uni thing, but I'm really scared. Mm. So she said, of course, I'll write the letter. I'll give you the diagnosis. I've been fighting for that diagnosis since I was maybe 16. Mm. So it was two years. And they were like, no, they tell me, yeah, you're depressed, but they wouldn't put it on my notes. Sorry. It's only in the last six months I've had it changed from low mood and anxiety on my notes to actual depression mm. and they just refused to do it and I was like no it's different I was like I okay fine I just yeah. I was fine so yeah I got there and I ended up having mentoring sessions once a week with someone who's a trained counsellor and that changed my life mm. talking to someone not just anyone I will say that that's one of my things that I would say to anyone listening is you need to find someone that you'll connect with and the first counsellor or therapist or anything that you find may not be that person. And that's OK. It, it's like, you know, you would, error, isn't it? It, exactly. And that's what I think a lot of people are scared of. And but, it's like friends. It's like you don't get on with everyone. No, exactly. It, it'd be like walking up to someone in a coffee shop when we're allowed yeah. um, <laughs> and going, right, you're going to be my best friend for the rest of my life. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's the same thing. You're, it's a stranger. And it does. I, you know, I had counsellors in the past and they didn't work out because they just didn't get me. And then I met um, my counsellor at uni and well, mentor. Mm. She helped with. I mean, she did so much more than her job description. Like she was always there for me. I used to joke she was my uni mum because she was the one person at university I could go to. My lecturers were so understand. Most of them were so understanding. A few were a bit set in their ways, but you can't please everyone. But, but also, like, you, you put it into context as well. Like, going to unis, uh, you know, no matter if you hide it or not, is a scary thing to do, especially yeah. given that you're, if you're not going away, if you're not going and you don't know anyone there, yeah. going away from your family. Yeah. I mean, even the most confident person, frankly, yeah. will be blagging it. If yeah, I mean, I had 
the benefit of my so my Kingston's very spread out across yeah. across the place. So my partner was actually studying at um, the top of Kingston because when we were going, we said, right, we're going to try and be at least within an hour of each other. Mm. And then it just so happened that a course that he was really interested in was at Kingston. I really liked the vibe of their English course because it wasn't all really old, boring text. There were some new ones that were actually interesting, yeah. which is controversial, I know. Um, so we ended up going effectively together, but we were about a 15 to 20 minute bus journey apart. Yeah. So you had so that I, support. If I had someone around, yeah. I did have to stand on my own two feet and mm. make my own friends. And I mean, I ended up spending a lot of time with his friends because they were musicians. Yeah, <laughs> they but... were emo kids too but. But, 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 but that's how you that's how you make friends right you exactly you know, actually do you know what if there's one thing that i i regret from from my university is that one of my closest friends is actually one of my best friends is a um uh, he was a he was a musician and yeah. he hung out at the rock clubs i wish i'd hung out to the rock clubs and i went right. down the mainstream and I just didn't and i wish that i'd just been a bit more honest with myself but it sounds like from your perspective you were like no this is what i like you know yeah. I've, I've got this crowd of people the musicians yeah. who 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 you know one you know you know, I, you know i've got great gigs to go to i yeah. can participate and also they're good people yeah. that yeah. that kind of builds your confidence around it yeah. as well I, I mean it was great and i was so i so all of you know a lot of people spending money on trainers and getting drunk and i didn't really drink much my first mm. year i was very anxious i didn't like clubs i was still quite ill i think with the anxiety and and that gradual process of working with someone like when on my last session with with my mentor she said i remember the first day i met you you were so quiet mm. i could barely hear you and she said i look at you now and I was that's like, amazing oh, thanks. yeah but that's and, amazing progress that's incredible yeah. like, kudos to you um, thank you. I mean, my second year changed my life in more ways than one. So first year was just kind of trying to get over that hurdle. I started medication at the end of my first year. How did you find um, that? Um, the f I was quite worried at first because I'd heard a lot of horror stories about people being addicted and getting really ill and stuff. And then I remember I was supposed to go and see a hailstorm gig in London and I was just not okay. I, I anxiety was so bad. I just did not feel like myself. I went to the doctor and they said, right, because I, I tried them once before and then I panicked and, and but this time I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going home for a couple of weeks so I know that I'll be safe. Um, the, I mean, the side effects for the first two weeks were horrible. Mm. Uh, I didn't really sleep. I felt really sick. I phoned my doctor back and they said, look, just just give it another, just keep trying. Mm. If it gets too unbearable, phone us back. But, but, you know, this is just settling. And then it was like, it's very cliche, but it was like a fog had lifted in my brain. Mm. It was night and day. It was like the feelings, the emotions were all still there, but they weren't at the forefront of my mind every minute of every day. And like you and, were saying earlier, like, it, it, you know, when we were talking about just, you know, the weather mm. earlier, the sun kind of broke through and mm. those kind of more positive feelings, you can start to feel them again and kind of, oh, yeah, hold on, yeah, I can feel this. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there was a lot more work to do afterwards. Like, that's one of the most important things I say to people. I was like, these tablets aren't a magic cure, yeah. they but they help. Like, I know for a fact, like, I, if I was diabetic, no one would say you shouldn't be on insulin. So I see my citalopram as my insulin. Mm. It helps me function. It helps me get through because my brain chemistry isn't right. And that's... You know whether that was triggered by the bullying i had as a kid and the you know the impact that I had or whether it's j just how my brain's wired yeah. you know but i i got into second year and you know i'd made a few friends um i was i had a band i started doing shows like things were going really well in second year and i i had this I, like, I want to join a society. I was too anxious and too terrified in first year i spoke to the university and said look you need a quiet place for people mm at freshers because it's very overwhelming yeah, yeah, they yeah. took that on board and i was working with the university like on their mental health and stuff i really got involved and i found this booth for the horse riding society mm. i've never been on a horse <laughs> right i don't know what possessed me and this is very integral to the rest of my life that one decision on that one day and the the horse riding uh the, the leader of the horse riding society who is now one of my closest friends is very persuasive. <laughs> uh, I tease her that she's very persuasive. And uh, I said, I 
we've got two friends and I said okay fine we're gonna sign up for this society we'll go to the taster mm. and see what happens um <laughs> I fell in love with it yeah I and that's something felt... you never even thought about before nope nope and I had <laughs> it's because I had that confidence the first freshers fell I remember I walked around it panicked phoned my mom cried and said I don't know if I can do this yeah. The second year I was walking around, I was getting the free pizza, I was like getting all the freebies, giving a fake email address to get some of the freebies. I knew, you know, I was, it was such a transformation. So I joined the society. Second, I've picked my options. I'm doing full English literature now. I was, and I had friends. I was like, this is great. You know, this yeah. is, this is what uni life's meant to be. I still had hard times, yeah. but I was like, okay, this is what it's meant to be. And then through second year, you know, ups and downs, as with any mental illness, you know, it's not always up, it's not always down, it's, it's peaks and troughs. And I grew in the horse shop, I was obsessed with riding, I was going every week, um, any, I, I got a job with the university, helping uh, kids who hadn't been to uni before, or and like, underprivileged kids and staff. I was thinking about doing a master's, a PhD, like everything was going for me in second year, really. Um, I don't think I would have said that at the time. I think I would have said, I am so stressed. This is so stressful. What is happening to me? Mm. Um, but, you know, hindsight. And then um, I, towards the end of second year, I went out for a ride. And, you know, I was still a fairly new rider, but I, I, I was working really hard at it. It's something I loved. And uh, there was an accident. And all it was, was my foot slipped out of the stirrup and I fell. I was, I was clinging onto this horse and going, right, I either let go and just fall, never fallen before. Mm. It's quite high, it's relatively on. high, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So I let go. And bear in mind, I've, I've been around horse riders. I've seen them fall, mm. you know? I've you know, Every now and again, yeah, someone might break an arm or something, but I hadn't seen that. I don't know what happened, I still don't. I hit the floor. I can still remember hitting the floor and something, it was like, an electric shock went through my body is the only way I can describe it mm. like every part of my body felt like it had just been zapped mm. and I was like something's not right okay but obviously me being me I was like I've never fallen off before mm. I don't want to be a giant baby <laughs> I'm just gonna get up my friend comes running over she's like you okay you okay the, the horse is like the other end of the field going where did she go mm. literally looking around like why are you on the floor walked back over to me and was just looking down at me like you're not meant to be down there <laughs> I get up and I'm like I can't straighten my back properly that's weird again I just thought I'm probably just being a baby and all that and then I, I got over to a little thing of hay and sat on it something's not right here and I was like no just give me give me 10 minutes I'll be fine I'll get back on it wasn't getting better so I just said to my friend I was like do you mind driving me home mm. I said just I said I probably just need a bath I probably just you know bruised it you never, your first thought is never that you've broken your spine. That is never your first thought. And even when we called 111 and said, look, this is the situation. I was like, I'm fine. I'm awake. Like, I don't, I, I'm not even in that much pain. That's a lie. That mm. was the adrenaline talking. Mm. And then they sent, a, they sent someone in a car and they assessed me because I was sat in my friend's car like, oh, I just really want to go home. And I live like five minutes from the local hospital, mm. <laughs> but we were in a field in the middle of nowhere. Then they sent an ambulance, which was mortifying. I literally was laying there going, this is so embarrassing because everyone had turned up for their rides at this mm, point. Mm. I'm laying there going, this is so embarrassing. They all know I'm like a novice. Everyone else is really experienced. I was like, this is, I was like, are you sure this is necessary? They're like, no, it really is. Mm. I still didn't get the gravity of the situation. You know, I don't think it was until I got to the hospital, which we didn't really even know where we were. Mm. Um, my friend had come with me and I'm like, she's texting my mum for me. I'm like, do not say a word to my mother until we know. I was like, yeah. this is probably just a precaution. Don't say a word because I know my mum. She'd be like yeah. in the car within five seconds. Well, she's your mum, right? <laughs> she's my mum. Like she would have called my dad home from work. My yeah. dad's my dad's the same. Like they would have been like bombing it down the M3. Mm. I was like, just, just not I was like if there's something wrong fine we've all done but right now I, I it's fine I'm fine I wasn't <laughs> but I didn't find out for two weeks went to the hospital had had x-rays and stuff and they're like no you just bruised your back it's just here's some here's some medication go home rest up you'll be fine 
a week later, I still didn't feel right. Went to my doctor. I said, something's not right. I went back on a horse like two days later. Then I had a lesson after I'd been back to my GP and she was like, no, I mean, they, the report said you're just bruised. Like Mm. I, she said, it must just be a nasty bruise, but there was no actual physical bruising. She's like, it's all internal. I was like, okay, fine. Again, being like, no, I need to just get on with it, crack on with it. And then I get a call from my doctor like, uh, do you mind coming back? Like, yeah, why? Uh, yeah, that's not the call you ever you want to hear, do you? <laughs> I'm like, um, we might have found a fracture on your spine. Oh, my word. And again, I I remember just bursting out laughing because it just all sound, it sounded so ridiculous. Blimey. It was like a knee-jerk reaction. So I went and I remember me and the band were meant to do a big thing later that day. And they were like, can you not just go next week because none of us knew this was so serious Mm. um and I got to my doctor and she's like they think they found a a fracture and I phoned my mum dad and I was like yeah so I've got to go to this hospital it's about an hour away I don't really think I should drive my car and they're literally didn't even have to ask they were there my partner Mm. was there Mm. luckily we were living together at this point because I need him a lot in the next few months and Mm. I got there and we waited for seven hours they were on the phone to the surgeons at St. George's in Tooting, mm. um, where I've been. I've done my nice little tour of London hospitals, thanks yeah. to this. Well, I was to say, that's where, that's where our daughter was born. I know it very well. Oh, that's a nicer reason. I wish I was there for that <laughs> I, I, reason. But I, now I can, Im- I can imagine it <laughs> yeah. now. I can literally yeah, imagine it's... you being there. I know exactly where you are. So we saw, I was there for seven hours. I was not treated very well. I was sat, left on a metal chair for three until I was like, yeah. begging them. I was like, I need to sit somewhere comfortable because I am in so much pain. And I think only when he came out, I was meant to go to Prague like two weeks later. And at the time he was like, no, nah, if you relax, you might be able to go. And then I got home and it started getting worse. I had to go back again, got fit with a spinal brace. Oh, and to cut a long story short, after the healing period, I still wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. I was not right I mean I slept pretty much that whole summer my partner was having to carry me um I couldn't really walk uh we did go to Greece though because I'd won a scholarship type thing to study in Greece for a week and, and I was, was like I'm going I was like, I'm going um yeah so he ended up coming with me it was meant to be my first solo trip and this was mm. like a big thing win for my anxiety I was like I'm gonna go to another yeah. country on my yeah. own I'm doing so well <laughs> he ended up coming with me and you know we bought a wheelchair I couldn't really use it in Athens because of the pebbles yeah. like everything's all pebbly so I just walked very slowly and had a lot of medication um, and had to wear this massive spinal brace um, which was really attractive uh, I suppose but, in the heat as well that must be uh, it was not pleasant at the end hot. of it yeah uh, it was gross um, but so yeah even through all that, I was like, okay, there's an end, there's an end, there's an end, there's an end. You know, I always had that in mind. This will be fine, it will heal. And they said I was healing fine. And then I remember going back, this was maybe six, seven months later, and they were ready to discharge me. And I went, you can't. I said, I'm in so much pain. Mm-hmm. They're like, but you're healed. Like, your your spine's intact. So I spent, you know, most of third year doing recovery uh like little rehab gym situation medication they couldn't work out why I was still in so much pain they're like they tried everything my physiotherapists at Kingston Hospital were amazing mm. um but yeah I I I had to stop horse riding it just got to a point where at first it was too painful it was so painful to watch other people yeah. mentally it's just Again, so I, sad for you because it's, it's, it's it was something so you, sad. you found that you loved yeah and you know even with the band stuff we I was did not cancel gigs lightly, but there was one point where my body just went into spasm so bad. Mm. We were meant to leave, and I had to call the guy and go. But he knew. I mean, a lot of the promoters we worked with knew. Mm. Um, but I was the only one that drove in the yeah. van, so if I couldn't drive, yeah. but I did make adaptions. Like I, I used to take a chair on, like a stool on stage, mm. or the boys would put their flight cases on the stage. Mm. I wasn't giving up. I mean, I was, you know, not great, but I wasn't giving up graduated went into work I'm still in this pain they still can't tell me why and it took maybe two and a half years three years after after the accident for someone to say you've got this thing called fibromyalgia and basically fibromyalgia is a long-term condition it's a chronic health condition that causes widespread pain fatigue brain fog there's like 200 different symptoms that you can have (laughs) so it's great 
um I always get yeah and I actually only realized because I watched the Lady Gaga documentary five foot two Mm. and I had to rethink a lot my you kind of mourn the person you thought you were going to be the life you thought you were going to have I'm still okay I mean I use a walking stick sometimes I've had a wheelchair in the past Mm. um but you have to reassess your whole life Mm. is this as consequence of the accident yeah is it something so, that was already there that the accident um, brought there's out? Not, there's not that much research, um, but what is widely believed is some kind of trauma that, um, to the body or the mind mm. that can bring it on. So for me, yes, it got, you know, I'd always had trouble with like tiredness and stuff, but um, it really kicked in after the accident. So what they think is that it, um, it yeah, it kicks it off basically and that my brain basically doesn't process the signals for pain correctly mm. that's one of the theories they're working on there's not that much research about the condition and it causes pain um, all over the body all over your body but so one of my mer- worst phases is my back so i'm trying to work full time drive every day for my commute and i was just miserable i i wasn't enjoying my work i do- wasn't enjoying office culture again same thing with school it just was very hard for me to be around people all the time I didn't really feel like I I had anywhere to go to talk to because I'd had this brilliant mentor for three years and then uni stopped and they were like Mm. you're on your own yeah and they tried the group therapy session but I just had panic attacks when I was there because it was too much um so you know I was like my medication went up it increased how much I took, which I don't regret at all. It, it's really helpful. Mm. Um, but it was a, it was it wasn't a good place, you know. And I had to rethink my strategy for my life. You know, it doesn't stop everything. I just have to rework it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I had to find new ways to because some people are like go for a run. I'm like I physically can't, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. or I can, but it doesn't last very long, and I fall down eventually. Um, so. I mean, I did start going to the gym um, because the gym was more contained. I could drive to the gym, do a bit of a workout as much as my body would allow, depending on the day. Mm. And then I could drive home again. Okay, good. The one problem I was having was was work. I was not happy. I, I'd been for a few jobs and I just something felt wrong in my gut. And I, I knew I was quite, uh, I felt like I couldn't complain because I was a graduate with a job and we needed to pay rent. Mm. We needed to, you know. Yeah. So what I got uh, let go from my last like full-time permanent job. And I've been toying with the idea of going freelance anyway because I was seeing people doing what I was doing for much more money and a much better life balance because mm. I was literally come, like there was a time where I was so tired from the fibro I took my lunch break in my the back seat of my car and, fe- and had an hour's sleep just because mm. I felt like I was that exhausted physically yeah. and mentally and mentally that wears you down you can be the most positive person in the world but if you're in pain all day every so day hard. it's 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 really not good so I I took the risk and went freelance two and a half years ago and I'm still freelance, so... So it's just something's going <laughs> right. And it was around, the, you know, I started... But, but, but also, just, just to pause there, that's amazing, like, to, you know, and, you know, and, like, we know in the psychic community, many of us are self-employed as well, but it's a hard life. It's not easy. It's and not easy. It requires, <laughs> it requires a combination of, of skills that you learn, um also also it's, it doesn't suit all personality types no, um no. and so, something that i don't know it's funny like it seems to me that you know you often think that when you're self-employed that actually it's linked to kind of confidence but actually i know a lot of people who struggle with their confidence who who have become self-employed and i've always wondered whether that was because i don't know they found the thing that they want to do that makes them confident and actually i, I don't know it almost like that choice you know forces them to not force them but enables them to build a kind of platform of professional yeah, I completely agree. experiences yeah I think there is the thing as well one hopefully if you're freelancing you do something you at least like mm. and two you know that you have to rely on yourself to get get the money in yeah exactly to, you know, it's pay your bills put food on the table it's you yeah. 
but I also think what I've found for me and I, I you know I don't advocate everyone goes and becomes self-employed some jobs you can't some people it wouldn't suit but for me it was a game changer mm. it you know I've had part-time employment since um just if it was really quiet or last yeah. year when but, you know but, but, but that's normal in freelance right exactly yeah. you'll every now and again you might have to pick up something I mean my favorite job physically was horrific on me which was I uh, worked in the bookshop over Christmas mm. a couple of years ago and I loved it yeah. it was like I got to recommend books and get paid for it yeah um it was great but it was I couldn't have carried on doing that but at the time you know it was quiet and I had and it pays the bills, right? and, and it pays the bills. Yeah. but I found that mentally as well I mean I don't necessarily struggle with the loneliness that some people talk about because it means that I can work to my energy levels I can so with fibro your energy can go very quickly mm. um you, you know there's ways to you have to find ways to kind of how you yeah. best work and, stuff. and it's personalized to you and therefore yeah. actually having <laughs> having work where you can decide what the best yeah. you know it, it doesn't have to be the same every day you can adapt yeah exactly like i i find if i get up first thing and just work 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 work, work get mm. it done then in the afternoons i can do something like this mm. or i can if i need a nap if my mind and my body are screaming at me you need more sleep mm. i can take an hour you know and i know some people think that's lazy but i don't care anymore i i've got to do what is best for me. and the the thing as well is if if my if i let my that they are very very closely interlinked if i let my physical health get really bad mm. my mental health will suffer similarly if my mental health really suffers mm. then my physical health reacts to that you and, know, it, it, and the more conversation we have, it, it's two sides of the same coin. And people, you know, we're very good at compartmentalizing and talking about physical and mental health, but the reality is, it's all part of the so same structure. I mean, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, and and you know, people always forget they're interlinked because well, it's 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 the same body. There's a body and mind, and we are mm. connected. Like like you've yeah. got to, you know, taking care of what one whilst one does feel independent of the other, but they do start they do talk to each other yeah I, I mean it just like like we were saying about the sunshine i when it was sunny the other day i felt like a different person mm. i felt my joints were better because it was warmer then because my joints were better my brain was more like we've got this you know mm. we can do this it's fine we're, we're getting through the winter we can do this and you know i do find the winters harder um I, I know it's quite common that you know why wouldn't you i mean that's why i mean i was meant to get married in january mm. and we specifically one of the reasons there were a few reasons to get married in January but one of them was so I'd always have something to look forward to in January yeah, I always yeah, have my yeah, wedding yeah. anniversary to such look forward a good to. point such a good point um and obviously it didn't happen but it will be happening next year if not I'm going to start wearing my wedding dress around the house <laughs> um because it's it's been an, it's been waiting for me too long at this yeah. point it will um, happen Oh, it will. I've yeah, it will. Even I don't care if we have to marry ourselves with hula hoops. We're <laughs> doing it. So I'd be interested to to kind of like reflect on everything that you've been through mm. in terms of we often the persons the person that we kind of form or are mm. forming are kind of like in the in the early years is 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 it kind of is, is the foundation of of what you know of what we go mm. on to be. And I'd be interested to it from yourself who was like you said badly bullied and putting that into the context and maybe like if you're speaking out to you know some listeners who who have been bullied in the past as well like what would you say to them whilst it's going on and then yeah, I... but then also afterwards how you know reflecting what what sort of helped you how have you not let it basically own you mm, i mean I'll, I'll you know i'll be completely honest it did own me for a long time i mean it you know from because it was so young as well I think it had a lot to do with how I saw myself in my teenagers um you know kids didn't like me you know and that's not a I don't want a pity party for that I, I know I was a bit weird um I am now um, <laughs> I just own it now with you know rainbow dungarees and stuff and, and, and do you think that's the difference do you think that 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 the negative validation that you were getting early on you were internalizing and actually there was a lot of self hate oh, at the same time a hundred percent i mean i you know i this is why i got used to get so upset i was like 
depression can happen to anyone like uh, this there was this narrative for a long time of something you know you must have a terrible home or or mm. something for, mm. to be depressed and I'm like no I said I was a kid who got picked on mm. and I believe that you know altered me for the rest of my life and mm. if you're going through that I I speak from experience it is a horrible feeling when you know especially when you, you don't understand yeah and why. that's the key part isn't it like that's the most horrible part the hard thing is that you it's very rare to have a conversation of kind of at least a reasonable conversation yeah. with the people who are perpetrating that where you can yeah. say well, what, what, what why are you why and, which sorry <laughs> no 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 go on go on which is interesting because i actually met my worst bully on a night out okay we were both a little bit tipsy i won't lie yeah. um <laughs> well when was this was this years later this was, yeah this was so all this kicked off and i was like 11 mm. and this was maybe like the year uh 2019 maybe early 2020 before so the relatively relatively recently mm. and uh i I'd always had in my head, what, what what would I do if I saw them? What would um, mm. what would happen? Because I spent so many years just scared of this person, and I mean, me and my best friend were walking up to a kebab van because it was the end of a night out, and we were joking. And I was like, oh, I don't, you know, let's let's walk this way because there's people there, and you don't know their intentions. Mm. Like I've always been a bit, I'm quite nervy around drunk people. I just yeah. get a bit nervy that's yeah. my anxiety is not good with alcohol um and um it turns I saw their face and I went I know who you are mm. and they did not recognize me I look very different to what I did when mm. I was 11 but they looked I knew that face mm. and I said do you know who I am and I think let's be honest I think it was a bit of Dutch courage yeah yeah um and um I said my name and they went oh my goodness you could see in their face mm. the guilt mm. they knew and my best friend had no idea mm. their best friend had no idea who they were out with it was just me and them in a moment and they were like and they were like how do you know this girl how do you know her and they just went I was not a good person as a kid or mm. something to that effect the brain slightly so, so there was an acknowledgement yeah publicly and um I they just looked at me in the eye and said I'm so sorry and Which I just went how do you feel I imagine that moment for a good 10 years 15 years and I just felt like I could accept the apology and move on yeah but that showed me how far I'd come mentally because yeah. if that had been five years before I don't wouldn't have reacted that way and I said okay I didn't say I forgive you or anything like that I do want it to be a big like no, that was okay because it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. No. They, I mean, I know they had stuff. Now I'm older, I know they had quite a tough time themselves, and I think that's mm. why. But but then we were talking, and they were telling me about their, their you know, their job and their kid, as if mm. to try and prove to me like I'm not a terrible person. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I turned my life around, and I was like, you don't. I was like, that's. I'm really happy for you. That's great. Mm. And then we parted ways. And when I told my best friend, she's like. I am so sorry I started talking to those people. Mm. <laughs> like, it's fine. I was like, actually, you have just given me a moment of closure I've wanted yeah. since I was 11 years old. Yeah. And, and like you're saying that, that you know, y yes, you didn't get why, but actually, mm. why doesn't matter? It's that, mm. it's to say, okay, actually, yeah, and I think I, I think you, you put it nicely as well. Like, you know, obviously there was, you know, the things that you went through, you don't want anyone to go through. But mm. the, the acknowledgement from your side as well is that the other person can't have been going through a, you know an easy time at the same time and yes what they did was inexcusable and can never be mm. condoned but to come together all those years later and for someone to go yeah I'm really sorry is it's very yeah. powerful yeah it, it was and I'm not saying like I know that won't happen for everyone like don't get me wrong there's people in my life that I will never get an apology from it will mm. never happen um because I mean I know that it wouldn't it be lovely if, if bullying just ended when you turned 18 yeah. wouldn't it, it be doesn't. lovely it doesn't, it doesn't, no. it doesn't at all. And I know that as an adult and I've been there as an adult. And I think if you're prone to any kind of mental illness as well, there is always that underlying worry that, you know, your little mind goblin will say it's your fault or this yeah. is something you've done. It's very or... easy for that to take over. Right. And it's like, it, I think it's very similar to when you, when you break up out of a relationship as well. It's never, you know, it's, it's never them it's always you I could have done this I could have been this I could have been that and that internal talk is 
dangerous. It's horrible. I mean, our brains are both some of the most beautifully complex things and some of the most dangerous things, the human yeah. brain. Yeah. Um, I'm not sciencey, but I do find it fascinating. Mm. But yeah, I, I think it's, and you've got to find what's right for you as well. I think that's a big thing for people to remember if you're struggling with your mental health, because mm. um, everyone's got mental health. Not everyone has mental illness, but everyone's got mental health. And that, what uh, irks me online, I'm like, it, it, get it right. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to find what works for you. I mean, I know for me, I mean, the ways I've helped myself over the years have changed. You know, when I was, um, when I was 18, the ways I'd help myself with music and going to gigs and stuff mm. is very different to me at 26 who can't necessarily do those things anymore. For me, it's when I feel physically able taking, uh, borrowing a dog because I'm not allowed one and taking a dog out for a walk. Animals mm. are a huge part of my recovery. I've got four hamsters mm. um, because I clearly have a problem. Um, or, or you just like hamsters, right? <laughs> I love animals. They're like I little horses, them. all right? They are. They are so <laughs> sweet and we got our my partner and I got our first set of hamsters just before I had my accident mm. and I genuinely think they were you know I had to get up every day and feed them yeah I think that's part of what saved me yeah. is yeah. I had to the same with you know my four now um but yeah you've got to look at what helps you like for me you know I find um when, when things get too loud in my head I'll put some uh, piano music on mm. and just have it in the background and it just kind of calm. I know it, I can feel it calming me down. But at the mm. same time, there are times when you just need to get it out and be mad and cry. Mm. And I'll go dig out those My Chem playlists. I'll put it on really loud and, and shout like I'm still 16 and mm. the world doesn't understand me. And, you know, you. I think it's important to find your own way. There's no, I wish there was a textbook. I wish there was a guidebook for me to go. This is how you deal with it. And I used to get so mad at people and they say, you've got to help yourself. Because I think when you're so down in such a dark place where you don't want to be here anymore, mm. the thought of helping yourself is like asking someone to go to the moon. Yeah. It's, it's you know, you there is a certain element of the way people can help you. I think you need that kind of support and that care until you can get to a point where there's even a tiny flicker of wanting to help yourself. Once you find that tiny yeah. flicker, but I, I think you've got to be, you know, nice to people as well. Like we, we need to be nicer to each other. Mm. Like I, my part of my job is I do social media, I do copywriting, right? Mm. So I spend a lot of time on the internet mm. and it's not as easy as me going, I'm going to do a digital detox, mm. which influencers always say. And I'm like, okay, you're telling us about your detox on Instagram. And then you'll tell us about it when you come back. So mm. it's it really, you know, <laughs> um, I'm like I can't just switch off from the internet yeah that's my job so I see a lot of things on there that, that aren't great and do maybe put me in a bad mood but it's having that kind of uh that knowledge that I'm not on my own as well and I find actually that I've made some great online friends who yeah. are wonderful and the bookish community mm are wonderful there's a there's something called um the young adult literature convention which is in the summer every year apart from last year obviously and it's one of the most wonderful places i've ever been i get to go geek out about books it's calm it's it's not the comic-con that's downstairs which i also love but if you just want to calm like i take a suitcase i fill that with books i come mm. back with like 20 i save for that weekend mm. and i can buy whatever books i like much to my partner's disappointment <laughs> Uh, but you, you know but it's interesting like one of the kind of common things that you you've you certainly alluded to like throughout mm. your your kind of life is around finding finding the the kind of the hobbies and the passions and the people mm. that really suit you like you were yeah. saying that finding music and the music scene yeah. not only yeah. to go watch things but actually actively participate in it uh, yeah. finding your type of music and actually yeah. taking the time to do that I mean accidentally finding horse riding yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and like my other big thing, like I've mentioned it a few times, is books because, and yeah. that has been, that's one of the first ever ways I could calm my mind. I mm. fall into books, I fall into other worlds. Sometimes I read books about really tough topics, that memoirs and stuff, of people who have been through horrible things. Mm. But when I'm reading about them, I'm not focusing on the things in my head that actually, when I'm in a 
on a good day where I can actually rationalize I know aren't aren't the biggest things in the world to worry about you know but I'll I'll fall into a book that's what I can tell I'm not doing very well mentally when I can't get into any of my normal kind of safety zones when I just can't can't like I, I'm not gonna lie beginning of this month it was, it was a real struggle you know yeah. I couldn't couldn't focus on a book lockdown was still in couldn't really be bothered to watch anything listen to anything I knew I was in a funk but at the same time I was kind of like I think this is just going to be one I need to ride out mm. I don't think there's anything I can do especially with the restrictions we're under and stuff and the news was hard and all of that and you know it was just a case of running out and I think people need to know that's okay too yeah and sometimes still... you need to just ride it out yeah 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 and and that and, and you know like you said like that is okay and it, yeah it's that feeling of rather than pushing against a wave just ride it in and it takes time but just knowing what's around you in terms of the kind of the coping strategies that help you like you say it might be a it might be music it might be books it might be candles it might be baths whatever it is there's, exactly. there's a lot of stuff that you can't that that is there and free and available okay relatively for actually there's a lot of stuff that's free there's a lot of stuff yeah, that's yeah. actually very cheap you can yeah. do a lot to yeah. to like you said help yourself but i think you said a really interesting point actually because a lot of the work we could do our kind of like tagline at psychic is especially with our app is to help you help yourself but like you said yeah. like sometimes when people are in very dark places that is very very difficult and therefore it's our kind of responsibility as friends as 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 a, as, a, as a, for us as a as a service mental health service yeah. to say okay right this this app is to help you help yourself for that broad population of people who can help themselves but in the situation where that doesn't work or it's too hard there's at least something else there where they can say okay yeah. well that's not going to work for me i would need to get referred on to a, a, you know a service a counseling service or something that's yeah. more to kind of tease out those issues yeah and i think it's it's also I think that's really important as well and just to have that thing to keep reaching out really yeah. not in an annoying way but just have a this is here when you need it mm. this is there when you feel like you can mm. because you know i don't think any of us were when we're in the depths of depression are thinking that clearly i mean i know i'm not when i'm mm. you know yeah. when i've been in my worst places i wasn't thinking clearly i was mm. under this I mean, I like I like the kind of black cloud metaphor. I feel like mm. it works because that's how it feels. Like, like I grew up as a big Harry Potter fan, and the Dementors. I read it and went, mm. "Oh, she knows." I mean, obviously, when I read it as a kid, I didn't. Mm. I was a kid. I mm. see. I was like, "Oh, these are really scary." And then when you reread it as an adult, you're like, "Yep, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely mm. a metaphor for depression. That's right mm. there." And you know whether you know regard i mean i will always love that series and, and that community that it's brought regardless of other things that have happened um it, it's also i think finding your people yeah that's really important um i i know there are certain communities i have and they're online and that's why i think i know there are a lot of negatives to online there really are mm. but there's also a lot of positives yeah i agree people. with that you know, I, I can talk to people in the US um, about a book release that isn't here yet and mm. I can get really excited about it or, you know, I, I'm there's actually quite a lot of books being released on chronic illness this year in the young adult space. I think I've got three that I've pre-ordered already because I'm mm. really, I want to write my own. Mm. Um, I, I toy every couple of months. I'm like, do I write as a non-fiction about what my life's been like or do I write as a fiction and just take elements and I haven't decided yet but mm -hmm. you know I can go and talk to those people and be like okay guys if there's anything coming out in the states let me know because it's not always publicized here mm -hmm. and I've got that you know that sense of community and I love it and yeah and please stop me if I'm rambling because I know I get very rambling no not at all <laughs> but I think it's, it's it's really nice to give you the time and space to be able to to kind of you know to to, to reflect on these things as well and yeah. like you said it's the it's the right people it's the right place and it's having the right purpose in life right it's yeah. having that combination of things really can lead to you know like you said like you're someone who had suffered some horrific bullying when you were younger and that formed a huge amount of you know kind of uh, you know fragmentation of your self-confidence of your self-esteem yeah. but you find 
you can you can get through that yes you won't get yeah. over it because it happened it's bad yeah. but you can yeah. get through that and you find the right people around you who aren't going to bully you yeah. you find you know you know and you find a you know a, a place where you feel safe and you find a purpose where you actually engage in what you're doing that's transformative right yeah and it's it's the thing of i think also giving yourself a break if you do slip back into if you find yourself relapsing in any way like you know i i don't go into too much detail about some of the negative behaviors that i have when i'm particularly ill um just because i'm very aware that my all of my family will probably listen to this and i'm like i'm not gonna go through like my deepest darkest uh where i've been because <laughs> they don't need to worry about that because i'm okay hmm. now but I think also having that if you have a relapse or if you uh, if you do end up spiraling back and I've gone up and down so many times, I feel mm. like a yo-yo, mm. you know, it's not a constantly up, a constantly down. It, it's it's waves. It's it's, you know, and, and just putting I literally have a tattoo that says one day at a time that I got after I broke my back. Yeah, um, I was meant to go see a Free Fighters concert, but uh, Dave Roll broke his leg. So I got a tattoo right. instead. Um, I do hope you have seen Food Fighters live yet. I am now. not yet. Well, it... I can only recommend it as probably <laughs> the only religious experience I've had in my life. <laughs> no, as soon as they come back to the UK, I am on it. I didn't get my chem tickets. I'm still trying to get those for when that's rescheduled. Make sure you do. I am trying. I They, they were like, yeah, stealing your metaphor, like finding that my chem album in HMV when I was yeah. like 13 was like a religious experience that you yeah. opened my world that and paramore who are my favorite band of all time yeah. and i worship the ground that hayley williams walks on um <laughs> but it's fine you know hmm, a, a short redhead that fronts a pop punk band <laughs> i wonder where that came from but and even my even my partner now is like yeah like he he loves paramore too so we're pretty mm. well suited but yeah we, we kind of look back at the old videos and the old uh promo pictures we did and stuff and we're like yeah I was not the only one. There was quite a few of us on the scene as well. But that's um, awesome, right? You know, and you know, to, <laughs> to look back at that and to see that actually, and to be happy with it, right? Like, mm -hmm. like you said, you would look back at school and look at photos and think, "Screw that! I wasn't happy then." But you look mm -hmm. back and look at photos of you when you're absolutely in your element, and you're like, "I am loving life." Yeah, it was. It was great. I mean, like I said, I don't think, I don't think you realise when the best times of your life are until mm. afterwards. Yeah, in um, photographs, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Like I yeah. don't. My, my mum still plays our old band music. She's still still seeing the videos when they pop up. No, it's not. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. I love it. Because I lived and breathed those songs with my bandmates, so mm. I knew every. I still know now every missed, um, every missed lyric or when I actually kind of did something because I couldn't remember the word. And yeah, I was but that, trying to make but it. that, that is what. I mean, my view is that that's what emo, that's what punk's about. It's not about yeah. perfection. It's about no. things going wrong and you just going through it. Because, I mean, frankly, that's a metaphor for life, right? Like, yeah. things don't go the way that you're, it's planned. But, you you, you know, you, you, do with, you, you do the best you can with what you have and you just keep on going. It, yeah, it's, I definitely agree with you. It's just, uh, let's just keep going and see what happens. And that was, <laughs> you know, I remember going down the from Kingston down to um Southampton in my beat up 96 Vauxhall Astra mm. with four guys me all of our equipment my poor little car was not built for that it was an old man it was not built for that and we're going down the motorway and I'm just like please don't break please don't break however I loved it was that's that one the best, of the best of memories it's yeah. one of the best memories I have <laughs> of being in a band you know my, my car that I thought was gonna break down on the side yeah. of the M3 um that's brilliant i loved it and you know i'm not in a band anymore you know my, my partner tours uh the band kind of broke up after uni because we all moved yeah. away and did our own thing yeah. but that's, that's okay right it. It, it's okay that's, that's the other thing it's okay when things end because yeah like they that chapter was good but it doesn't mean yeah. the next chapter is going to be bad exactly and don't get me wrong i i'd still perform every now and again i'm not opposed to i'm not i'm never saying never as my family always go on at me like get back in the studio get back to recording and i'm like i'm never saying never mm. but i think doing that when you're 18 19 yeah. and can live off of whatever's at a service yeah. station yeah. and all of that is very different to when you're approaching 30 yeah. and um your joints don't like you anymore yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
it's true it's true so it's more play to anyone who made it I think they're <laughs> a whole different breed but I'm you know I, I think overall my life's not perfect right now there's still quite a few things that I you know going on that are hard but looking at what I've been through before and I made it through that you know and some days if you ask me this on some days I'd be like no everything's terrible I can't do this anymore like because that's the way my brain works it's mm. not always it's not always helpful mm. and it's it, and I think always remember that you know your brain can lie to you yeah and I think, I think that's, that's a, what that's a real bit that's a real I think to be honest I think that's a great point to kind of you know to kind of close yeah. our chat on like 100 don't believe don't believe everything that your brain says you know speak to people you know I think the best people is to is the best way to, to 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 check whether what you're saying is 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 right or wrong is to check with your friends and see what they're thinking about and 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 also when you do get negative and very disturbing thoughts going in your mind sharing it with with your loved ones because a lot of the time a lot of people have disturbing thoughts they just don't talk about it 100 so, percent. Yeah. yeah i the more open i get on things like this or i've given talks before at university the amount of people that came up to me after that talk and went i felt like that too yeah yeah, yeah. i that's why i do not everyone's gonna be comfortable doing something like this but yeah. i am and i'm happy to talk to people you know i'm on twitter um <laughs> I, I'm on Twitter all the time and I talk to all kinds of people mm. and you know you're not alone and yeah like you said you talk to other people because your brain isn't always the most reliable source of information yeah and th honestly Chloe thank you so much for um a a, a fascinating conversation you know that that, that started age you know seven or eight <laughs> and you know now like you're saying like many years later like it's I mean it's it's amazing to to, to see you you know so positive confident and and doing doing what you love and and you you did mention you are on Twitter what's your handle so that people can, can reach so out to you it's at Chloe Metzger and that is spelled Chloe C-H-L-O-E and then Metzger is M-E-T-Z-G-E-R um, because if you don't know how to spell it I don't blame you <laughs> I'm my surname is changing next year and that's one of the, the small things I'm excited about is not having to spell it in a restaurant <laughs> but um, yeah but if I do publish a book who knows what name it will be who in. knows we'll see honestly <laughs> <laughs> Chloe thank you so much Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to everyone listening. You can subscribe to us on most major podcast platforms, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Just search for Sidekick Community or Sidekick Stories and we'll pop up. And please do give us a rating if you like the show. And check out our free Psychic app for iPhone and iPad. Something we talked about it with Chloe, a collection of interactive exercises, tools and tips to help you boost your mental well-being. The app enables you to build a personalised well-being toolkit to help you deal with life's ups and downs. Just go to our website, www.sidekick.org.uk and click the download now button in the header to take you to the app store and if you are feeling low we do have an urgent support button uh, in our app um, as Chloe quite rightly pointed out sometimes sometimes you can't you can't help yourself uh, and they're therefore reaching out to organizations um, that can provide that kind of level of support and and uh, is is fundamentally crucial um, so you can access it on that uh, it's free there's no sign-ups required um, and we'd love you to do so uh, Chloe thanks so much again thank you Thank mm -hmm. you.